You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in week three of a series that we're calling Loud and Clear. And this series is all about how to hear the voice of God. And my prayer during this series is that your life would look like Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six in the message paraphrase. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything out on your own because truthfully we can't, we can't, it's really hard to do that. And then this is what it says here. Here's my prayer for you is that we listen for God's voice in everything that you do everywhere you go. So like in your business, at your job, that you would be tuned in to the voice of God, that in your family and how you are as a mom and a dad and, and how you are as a husband, you're as a friend, that you would just be in tune with what God is saying about that, that everywhere you go and everything you do, that you would hear the voice of God because he's the one who will keep you on track. Now here's the truth. And we're, we're, we're saying that this series is pointing to the fact that we serve a speaking God who still speaks today loud and clear. In this series, it actually came from a survey that we gave last Easter where we just asked you, hey, what is like some questions that you would want answered at church? And the number one asked question, and there wasn't even a close second. The number one asked question was, how do I hear God's voice? Which by the way, I love. I love that that was your number one asked question. So instead of taking one week, we decided, hey, we wanna do a whole series around this topic. And by the way, that question, how do I hear God's voice? I can relate so much to that question because there was a time in my life where I really struggled with that question. I really wrestled with that same exact thought of how can I hear God's voice? Because I would read my Bible. And if you've ever read your Bible, you see cover to cover all the time. And in fact, I underline it every time I see it in the Bible where it just says, God said, and you just see it all the time. You see, like it is clear, black and white that we serve a God who speaks in the Bible. And like, I'd read that. And then I would be like, well, yeah, but why not me? Cause I'd read verses like Jonah chapter one, uh, verse one and two that said that the Lord, he gave this message to Jonah. And I'm like, I want one. <laughs> How do I get that? It says that the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of the guy, that guy. Um, and it says, get up and go to that great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it. And I'd read verses like that. And guys, I'd get so jealous because I'm like, that's what I want. I want God to speak directly to me in a way where, listen, Jonah got exactly what all of us want. <laughs> like, God told him exactly what to do and exactly where to go. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? Like, God, if you would just make it clear, just if you would just tell me where to go and what to do, I'll do it. I am your servant, God. You know, it's like, but don't make me guess. Just tell me exactly what to do. And we read in Jonah right there, God did that. He told him, he got what all of us want. And then the very next verse, this says in verse three, but Jonah, he got up, oh, it makes me so mad. And he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. I'm like, Jonah, you got what we all want. Then he went the opposite, it makes me so mad, so stinking frustrated. I'm like, what the crap, Jonah? Like, why, why? Like you got what we all want. And he didn't listen. And 
And then I'd also get around other Christians and other followers of Jesus. And they would say things like, just casually, like God said blank. Or I was reading my Bible the other day and God spoke this to me and I would just feel so confused. I'm like, like, what does that mean? Is that like an audible voice that you hear? Is that just a gut feeling? Is that like a random thought that you know wasn't you? Is that like, or is it just some like really weird, creepy, mystical trance that you just go into and you go up to the seventh heaven and God gives you something and come back down? Like, I, like what is that? And then I'd hear, you know, um, some people would say just some very spiritual things. I mean, like very spiritual things. Like, you know what, Brian, I just got an impression on my heart. <laughs> you ever heard that? Like, I got an impression. I'm impressed. It, something got pressed on my heart. Um, or somebody would say this. Tell me if you've heard this. Like, I, I just got a check in my spirit. <laughs> anybody? Anybody heard that? Like, just got a check. Got to watch out for the checks, checks. I got to check. I got to check in my spirit. And I'd hear things like that. And I'm like, 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 what does that even mean? Like, help me. What in the world is that? But as I got closer to God, as I started spending time with God, as I, smart, as I started like consistently reading my Bible and letting God speak to me through this and learning more about the character and the nature of God, as I, as I started really diving into like consistent teachings and being around the house of God and, and, and worshiping and taking time to pray and to talk to God, there would be times as I grew in my relationship with God that I really did feel like God would speak to me, that he would put something on my heart that I knew wasn't me. Like that I didn't think that, like I, as I grew, like that started to happen. But when that would happen, I would feel so insecure and I would just doubt. And I would question like, is that really God? Or is that me? Is that the devil? Is that the late night Taco Bell run that I went on last night? Like what, like, what is that? Like, I think I'm hearing God. I really do. But like, how do I know that it's God's voice? And today, if you're taking notes, that's the question that I want to answer today. That's the conversation that I want to have. I want to talk to you about this question. How do I know that it's God's voice? How do I know it's God's voice? And it's so important for us to be able to answer this question because 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 it says dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits plural to see whether they are from God because sometimes it is God and sometimes it's not from God you have to test them and today i want to give you three questions i could have given you 15 but today just for time's sake I want to give you three questions to help to test whether it is God's voice or not. And by the way, just the warning of this message is that these questions are best used collectively, not individually. In other words, that for me to know that it's God, I've just committed that I want the answer to be yes to all three questions, not one, not two, but all three of these. That if you want to be a mature believer who approaches this subject with one confidence that God is speaking and that he wants to speak to me and that I can hear God's voice. I think it's so important to be confident, but at the same time, on the other hand, being very humble. Saying like, but I may miss it. 
at times and approaching this conversation with both confidence and humility because that's what it deserves and so that we're not constantly throwing down God cards just to get what we want, which by the way is the worst. It just is, you know, especially on breakups, you know, it's like God said, I'm like, ah, God, I can't say nothing about that. But like, listen, like my heart, as we've navigated this subject for three weeks, as, as we continue it next week, is that we as a church will be people that we, that we approach the subject with confidence, that we know that God speaks and that he wants to speak to me and that I'm equipped with everything I need to be able to hear God, but at the same time, approach it with such humility, realizing that man, I, I, I also, there's a side of me that's in this and it's so important to be able to test with all three. And here's the first one. Here's the first question that we have to ask is does it line up with the Bible? That's a very important question for us to ask, to know whether it is God or not. Does it line up with the Bible? And here's the bottom line. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. Write that down. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. It just won't. See, the Bible is composed of 66 books, 1,189 chapters, and 31,102 verses, and every single word is God speaking to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that God's word is alive and that it's active, that it's powerful. And you need to know you are in a Bible-believing church, that it is the word of God. And God will never say something in the Bible and then say something completely different and contradicting to you. Let me show you an example from the Bible. In, in Matthew chapter 16, we see this painted so, so perfectly. And by the way, I've never preached this passage this way, but I saw it in a brand new way this week. So Matthew chapter 16, verse, verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, his followers, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, yeah, 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 that's, but who do you say that I am? Which by the way, is a question that all of us will have to answer at some point of our lives. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, he answered, you are the Messiah. You are the Savior, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Like God gave you that. You heard God right there. And then he goes on to say, now... I say to you that you are Peter. He changes his name from Simon to Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. How many of you know right there, Peter is feeling himself. He's like, oh yeah. I got that one right. It's your boy, The Rock. Holla at your boy. What's up? I'm The Rock. 
on the rock. Yeah, did you hear Jesus? He is going to build his church on me, and he will give me the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Didn't that sound awesome? He's just feeling himself. He's vibing. He's like, I am good. Two verses later, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter, man of God, the rock, took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, let me just tell you how it is because I know these things. God gives me words. <laughs> this will never happen to you. I'll be so proud when he said that. This will never happen to you, Lord. Can't be. This is the rock. You know the guy you're going to build your church on? Me? This will never happen to you, Jesus. You got that one wrong. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> Talk about a hard left turn. In five verses, he goes from being called the rock that I'm going to build the church on you. And you're going to be given all the keys to the kingdom of heaven to you are now Satan. You are now Satan. That's who you are. You're a dangerous trap to me. And then listen to this very last sentence. This stood out so much to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. That you were seeing things from God's point of view. You were tuned in to something that was beyond you. That God was speaking to you five verses earlier, which you said, but now you're missing it. That that isn't from God, that's from you. And here's why, don't miss this. Because what he said second wasn't God because what he said second didn't line up what, with what God already said in the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 53 in the Old Testament, Years before Jesus would ever come on the scene, talking about Jesus, talking about the prophesied Messiah and the Savior of the world, it says in verse 2 that my servant, talking about Jesus, he grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with, with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Verse 10, it says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. And I can almost hear Peter like saying, but Jesus, that's not fair. Like, why do you have to go through that? That's not fair. And I could hear Jesus responding, you're right. That's not fair. And that's the whole point. 
the whole point is that it's not fair. Trust me, you don't want fair. Fair means you have to pay for your own sins. Fair means that you will not have restored relationship with God. Fair means that, that you won't be able to have access to those things. And even though I'll never sin, I'm willing to go through all the things that were prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53 so that you could experience that, so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you in a room full of people in Withrow High School's auditorium sitting in those amazing, comfortable green chairs and all the people that are joining us online right now over 2000 years later, that they could have restored relationship with God. Like I'm willing to do that so that they and you can have eternal life one day an abundant life right now. Listen, God's voice will always line up with God's word. That's the first question that we need to ask. Does it line up with the Bible? And here's the second question that we need to ask. Does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? And just so we're on the same page, I'm not saying that other people need to hear God for you. That's not what I'm saying because God has given you everything you need for you to hear from God. You don't need somebody else to hear God for you. What I am saying is that when you believe that you have heard God, that it is wise and it is mature to go to trusted godly counsel with open hands and give them permission to honestly speak into whatever you believe God shared, to speak into that situation and say, I I trust you with this. Now the question is, what is godly counsel? Because if you need to, if you need to be able to do that, then what is, here's my best way to answer that question. Godly counsel is someone who one, really knows God, two, really knows the Bible, and three, really knows you. That right there is the price of admission today. That's what I feel like God was like, this will help people. Like, make sure you know, when we say, does godly counsel agree? What we mean is someone who really knows God, really knows God's word, and really knows you. That it does not have to be me. It doesn't have to be a pastor in the church. It doesn't have to be one of the big leaders in the church. It, it, doesn't, it just needs to be somebody who really knows God, really knows God's word, and really knows you. And by the way, if you're looking to find that, the two best ways are going to be in groups, and serving on our dream team, making a difference with people alongside you. That's where you can find that within our church. And it's so important for you to know when we say that, that's what that means is is someone who really knows God, really knows the Bible and really knows you. And you see all throughout the Bible, specifically, I highlighted some verses in the Old Testament book of Proverbs. And you just see over and over this message that godly counsel is so important. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, I'm going to rapid fire these bad boys at you. Get ready. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, there is safety in having many advisors. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, fools think their own way is right. But the wise, they listen to others. Proverbs 13, 13 says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors 
brings success. Proverbs 19 verse 20 says, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. Proverbs 2018 says, plan succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war. Don't make big decisions without wise advice. And then Proverbs 24 verse six says, again, don't go to war without wise guidance because victory depends on having many advisors. How many of you want to win in this thing called life? How many of you want to be on the winning team? It's so much fun to be on the Bengals now. Why? Because they're winning. It's so much more fun. Everybody wants to be on the winning team. And it says, you want to win? Don't make these decisions by yourself. And we have this conviction as a church, and you'll hear it all the time. Every time that we talk about groups is that we refuse to live life alone. It's this deep conviction that no matter what we're going through, whether it's good, bad, or blah, everything in between, we as a church are going to say, we refuse to live life alone. We're not going to do it. But today I want to add one thing on top of that. I want to add this conviction that we refuse to hear God alone. We just refuse to not be the people that are just solo. Okay, I heard God and nobody else gets to speak into it. No, like we're going to make the decision, the conviction. We refuse to hear God alone. And by the way, let me just say this because it's on my heart. Like don't bounce around from people to people until you finally hear somebody that agrees with what you said. That's not what this means because that's not what we're talking about. Okay. How do we know it's God's voice? One, does it line up with the Bible? Two, does godly counsel agree? And then number three, how do you know it's God? Ask yourself this question. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? See, I've personally discovered that peace is one of the greatest confirmations of God's voice. I love this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. It says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. That's who God is. God is not, he doesn't have peace. He is a God of peace. And in Colossians chapter three, verse 15, it says, and let that peace, let, let the peace that comes from Christ, let that peace rule in your heart. Now I underlined that word rule very intentionally. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to underline that or circle it because in the original Greek, it is a sporting term. It's a term that's used in sports, which literally means an umpire or a referee. That's what that verse means. When you, when you see, the, see the word rule, it means an umpire or referee. So here's, this verse is saying, let God's peace like an umpire or a referee, determine whether something is in bounds or out of bounds. Let the peace of God be something like a referee or an umpire to help you determine whether something is fair or foul. Like, and you'll know, you'll get to that situation and you'll know, oh, that, that's out of bounds or no, this is in bounds because that's what God's peace will do it will do that. Listen, for me to know it's God, I have to have God's peace. And, that's, and that peace is so much different than a peace that can come from me. I'm telling you, God peace is different than Brian peace. It just is. See, because the peace that I have, it, like I have to talk myself into having that type of peace. 
I have to kind of talk myself up so that I can have that type of peace, but not with God peace. And God peace is described in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then after you do that, you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. And the, the literal translation of that, it just means peace that exceeds reason, like it exceeds logic. Another version says peace that passes all our understanding. And the Middle Tennessee Public School Education, Brian Cromer International Version, it means dumb peace. It's peace that doesn't even make sense. It's peace that when I look at the situation, it's like, I know I shouldn't have peace stepping into that, but for some reason I do. It's peace that I can't explain. It's peace that passes my understanding. And it says his peace, get this, will guard, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I underlined that word guard because that word in the original Greek language, that's, that's not a sporting term. It is a military term. It is a military term that means to protect by military guard. So this verse is saying that when you experience God's peace, it is like having a well-trained special ops military army protecting and guarding your heart and your mind. Wouldn't it be incredible to live life that way? Wouldn't it be incredible for whatever that big decision that you have in front of you right now, for you to be able to step towards that thing and experiencing this peace, like this military guard that is guarding your heart and guarding your mind. That is God's peace. Now, let me give you a real life example of how all this has played out in my life. Because I, I think it's really important for us to be able to say, okay, that's great teaching, that's great thinking, but, but how does this actually play out in our life? And I told you last week about the time where God spoke to me over seven years ago about starting a church. And that was just one random Tuesday where I was spending time in my devos, reading God's word, and God spoke that to my heart. It's something that I couldn't shake. And he spoke that to me, but right after that, it wasn't just like all sunshine and rainbows. Like right after that moment, I wrestled with so many questions. I felt like there was so many things that just weren't answered. And I was, honestly, I was scared out of my mind because it's like, I was terrified. Like, what if I start walking towards this? What's that gonna mean for my life? What's that gonna mean for my family? What's that gonna mean for my wife and my kids? What's it gonna look, man, I was so scared. And not only that, I was so insecure. I remember just questioning like, God, was that really you? Or is that me? Or is it because like the situation I'm in, I'm just so discontent and so fed up with everything. Now it's like, oh yeah. Or is that really you? And not only that, man, I felt like so like, I can't do that, me? You got the wrong guy. Lead a church? No. I know you call me to this, but I don't know if you call me to that. And I just remember wrestling with all these questions and all these thoughts. Because truth is, he told me, he told me what that I was gonna go do, but I didn't know where. I didn't know why. 
I didn't know like when, and I definitely didn't know how. I didn't know how to start a church. Like how in the world do I do that? Here's the best metaphor I can give you. Like on that Tuesday, I felt like God spoke to me, this is what you're gonna do, but it felt like a, a silhouette on the horizon line, really far away. And it's like, I knew undeniable that something was there. It just felt so far away. And I couldn't tell you anything about what it was, the details of it. And the only way that I was gonna be, even be able to have a grasp of doing that, I had to start walking in faith towards that. And the more I took steps of faith, the closer it got, the more I could tell you about it. And that's what I experienced. And I just felt like it was like this silhouette. And I just remember praying during that season whenever he first shared that with me and put that on my heart. I remember praying like, God, if this really is you, I need a word from you. I need you to confirm this. And on July 30th, 2015, I know that because it's written in the margin of my Bible. I was on an airplane and I was reading my Bible. This was uh, a few months after God spoke that to my heart. And on that day, I read Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22, that says, the smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And God spoke to my heart when I read that. That's what I'm gonna do in and through you. Just trust me, that was me. And he spoke that to my heart, but it didn't stop there. Right after that happened, first person I told was my wife, Heather. And for six months, we just walked and talked and processed and prayed and asked God, is this not just my calling, but is this our family's calling? Because out of all the people that I wanted to be a part of this, I knew I needed one person to have to do it. <laughs> and I was just confident, God, if this is you, you're gonna speak to her that this is not just for me, but this is for our family. And that's exactly what God did. In that six months of walking through that, God spoke to her that this was not only my calling, but it's our family's calling. And it didn't stop there. The church that we were a part of at the time, amazing church, we submitted this dream. Like, hey, this is what we feel like God said. Open hand, we submit this to you. And we were in a behind the scenes church planning process for a year and a half. And we just made the decision that if we got to the end of this process and they said, this is not God, that we would lay it down forever and that we would serve this church to the day that we died. But after that year and a half long process, they came and said, we believe that this is God. We fully support and we send you to what God has put into your heart. And not only that, as we started walking this thing out, as we started making decision after decision after decision, peace of God flooded our hearts. It was like this guard, this military guard that was guarding our hearts and minds as we took terrifying steps of faith. And not only that, that peace would be this thing that would rule, like this is inbounds, it's out of bounds. That's not it, that's it. It's not that city, it's this city. And I'm telling you, we experience peace every single step of the way. We experience peace when we took those initial terrifying steps, which that's always the, the hardest one. Because to step out in faith, you have to step over fear. And we experience peace to sell 75% of our stuff, to cash everything out and go all in to make this happen. We experience peace to move our family 
which I know is a big deal for anybody, but for us, we knew that that you know we have a son that's on the autism spectrum, and everything that you would study and read about that says don't do that. As they thrive on routine. We just had peace that God would take care of us. That God would take care of our little boy and our family. We experienced peace to move to an amazing city where we just knew one person. That's it. We knew one family. But we had this peace that just told us, yeah, that's it. I'm with you. I got you. This army will protect your mind and your heart as you step into that very terrifying thing and just keep moving forward. And now look at what the Lord has done. But how did I know it was God? When it lined up with the Bible, godly counsel agreed that we had peace every step of the way. And you can experience that same thing too. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And God, we thank you for the gift of this time together. Thank you for your word. And God, we just ask right now that you would speak to us. You know, this is one of the most important times of our service. This is a time where we set aside some time before we end to open up our lives and our hearts, our minds to hear from God. And that's why we ask every single week, and I wanna encourage you to do this right now. Whether you're watching online, whether you are in the room, just ask God right now, have the courage, have the guts to pray this prayer. Say, God, what are you saying to me today? Maybe some of you were even in our first service. Ask him, what are you saying to me right now that you didn't say last time? Maybe for for me, sometimes it's like there's one part of the message where I felt like God was talking directly to me. Maybe it was that. Maybe God's highlighting something to you. Another thing for me a lot of times is that I feel like in this moment, God gives me one thing to do. You know, I'm a doer. I love to take steps. I love to move forward. And so a lot of times God will speak to me just the way that I'm wired. And he'll say, hey, do this. Here's your next step. Here's one tangible way that you can do something. So maybe ask God that. Ask God, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And just listen. Create space in your heart, in your mind for God to speak. He's speaking to you. So ask him. What are you saying to me? Give him permission. Any area of my life, you can talk talk to me about it. And maybe today God is saying that it's time for you to get right with him. See, the Bible says in Revelation that he stands at the door of your heart and that he knocks. And he's saying like, hey, I've been knocking for a while. And today, will you let me in? Maybe you've never let him in. Maybe you've never gone all in with God. Maybe you've never given him your life and said yes to Jesus and yes to grace. But maybe you have before. And maybe you were younger and you made a decision to follow Jesus and to say yes. But maybe now you just feel so far from God. 
and you've walked away from God and today you just need a fresh start. And we wanna give you that opportunity to make that decision today. We're not gonna point you out. We're gonna make you come forward. I promise you, we're not gonna do anything to embarrass you. We just want to create a safe place for you to make the most important decision of your life. The decision to say, I'm all in with you, God. I wanna get right with you. I know you're knocking on the door of my heart and today I'm letting you in, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. And if that's you, and you know that that is your response today, that is what God is speaking to you about. He's saying, it's time, it is time. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, in just a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. And with every eye closed and head bowed, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. And that is a really, it's, it's a step of faith. It's for you to raise your hand in full surrender saying, I need you, God. I need to get right with you. And if you're here and you know that's your response, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, on the count of three, boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. I got you right there. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, I got you. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. I see that hand. That's amazing. That's awesome. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come and live inside me and change me? Will you make me brand new? I, you're knocking and I let you in. I surrender my whole life to you. Right where you're at. Even if you've prayed this prayer before, even if you're a faithful follower of Jesus, come on, why don't right where you're at, just say, just say, I give you my life. I give you my life. All over again, I give you my life. For the first time, I give you my life. Every area of my life, I give you my life. And Jesus, today, I receive your love. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive what Jesus paid for on the cross. And today, God, I, I choose to follow you. I don't follow me, I follow you. Not just today, but for the rest of my life. I choose to follow you. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, some people just made the best decision of their life. Come on, can you clap your hands and come on, tell them how thankful you are, how proud you are. That's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.